Peace, everyone. Chief Yuya here with another Chief Yuya podcast. And, um, yeah, you know, getting into this one, I have a different kind of, uh, I guess, vibe going on or, or kind of spirit that's running through me right now. So definitely please uh, bear with me. But, you know, we're going to build on a little bit um, the paths that we sometimes need to take and don't take to unraveling ourselves, you know, and kind of undoing some of the damage that we've done to ourselves. You know, last time we spoke about uh, in school injured, some of the damage that's done from an internal, uh, external, excuse me, perspective, what other people bring to us. And, um, you know, what that programming sometimes means in the long run, you know, that we receive as little children. It's kind of like what uh, Tupac Amaru Shakur spoke about when he said the hurt you give little infants F's everyone. You know, what we give or what we're given as children oftentimes has a long-standing effect. But there's also things sometimes that we do and give to ourselves that becomes difficult for us to acknowledge because of uh, the word that you hear <laughs> so often around these parts, ego, you know, because the ego is so overactive. Sometimes sometimes it's difficult to take a look at uh, the main and primary thing that we have to do in the process of becoming free, getting free, and uh, experiencing a, a real taste of liberation. And that thing is we have to kill ourselves, you know, and I'm not speaking about necessarily our physical selves, although that is a part of the process. You know, um, in order to really face the highest parts of what we are, there comes a time when uh, we have to we have to receive a, a vessel that can stand it. You know, in the current state that we are with the way our, our bodies work, our nervous system works, we can barely take the onslaught of like real truth, real essence, real spirit. So it's just a part of the natural process that we get to a point where um, we grow so much spiritually that we explode out of these vessels back into the air um, in a state that we can, you know, face the sun and look at those things, you know, that uh, maybe we weren't able to look at before just walking through what our lives consisted of. And a lot of times what they consist of is um, uh, the mechanisms of ego that keep them, keep us from where we should be. You know, uh, one of the things that becomes so prevalent when you start speaking about spiritual development, self-development is, is again, the word self, right? Uh, there's a lot of talk around, um, what we need to do for ourselves. And, and even when we sometimes sit back and say, okay, I need to get on top of this. or I need to get on top of that. We start speaking about, um, even do our, our small levels of self-examination. I need to love myself. I need to pamper myself. I need to spend more time with myself. You know, I need to pay more attention to myself. You know, I need more me time. 
or I need uh, others to pay more attention to me. You know, a lot of it focuses back inwards. And there's a fine line sometimes because we can quickly and easily become uh, succubi and incubi uh, without a deeper level of self-examination to make sure that, you know, we're walking inside of the great spirit, you know, so that there's self-control. Because once you start feeding the self, once you start feeding um, that ego and that idea of I, uh, it's insatiable. It just wants more and more and more and more and more. It's it's similar to the martyr complex that I shared with you when you have that princess personality. You know, nothing is ever enough. You know, um, whatever you give and whatever you strive to, to be, for that individual that wants to be fed, and it could be the princess within you. Um, it it never it's never no matter how regular it is, it's never enough, you know. And their delight is in their ability to consume you, and eventually you be you become consumed in thoughts about how to please and how to serve. And like I said, sometimes it's me. You know, you're loving your your me more than you're loving anything else. You're loving your me more than you're loving your creator, you know, and you become consumed in that as opposed to becoming excited about where you come from, the source energy that you come from and how you can stimulate that pool and how it works and what its character is like. You see, um, instead you'd rather be maybe playing sports or just going to work, shopping for clothes, different other projects and stuff like that, as opposed to like digging into the wisdom and the wonders of your creator, you see? And so you may look at those things. All those things sound very admirable, especially when you look at modern therapy and modern psychology. You should have a hobby, right? You should have something that you're into, you know, whether I like to fly airplanes, I like to sell boats, whatever it is. But when you're not digging into the primary thinking of your highest idea or your, your most inner gut, God, good, soot. When you're not digging into that, um, you lose that constant awareness um, of how easy it is to fall into the me zone. You know, you just, you, you become uh, someone who kind of uh, doesn't, per doesn't allow that great spirit to permeate you so much that uh, it washes out and cleans out your disobedient nature. And when I'm speaking about disobedience, I'm speaking about the, your nature that would have you go against nature. You see, um, and kind of just fall into maybe a humdrum sort of lifestyle where uh, you glorify yourself in just menial task, not realizing it don't really mean much. You know, sometimes it's a question I get, you know, why do you do what you do? I don't really ask why. Like, I, it's it's difficult to answer sometimes because I don't. I don't think it needs to be asked why I, I was told to do it. So I do it, you know, and I keep my focus on service, servicing others. And I keep my, 
my focus on pursuing the best of what life is and not servicing me, <laughs> you know, in, in a very simple sense. And when you kind of do that, there's, there's so much that comes along with that. You know, when you're not so focused on um, the me energy or the me spirit, you know, there's a passage in Second Timothy 3 and 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. You know, it's kind of a list of what happens at a certain time. But you see, it begins with shall be lovers of their own selves. And that kind of that's where everything begins. That's where the problem begins, because your your greatest development, you know, again, even if the focus is self-development, Self-development begins with self-annihilation, you know, and that ability to kind of step to walk to the truth of what that looks like and um, do away with it. And I know for so many, that's uh, an absolutely terrifying uh, technique because it really is a, a a technique utilized to achieve a desired result, you know, and that, that result that you want to have is freedom, right? That's, that's your actual destination. But a lot of times we become fattened on, um, our me energy. You know, we forget that our freedom will never come through our conscious mind because our conscious mind, it's, um, it's, it's me. It's the I, if you will. It's the ego. It's where it resides, <laughs> right? So when we're dreaming, of course, the ego can move out of the way and we get an opportunity to see the capacities of true will. But our freedom is, is not conditioned inside of um, our egoic personality, our freedom is not even conditioned inside of our perceptions of a higher power because most of the time, from my experience, what people perceive to be as a higher power is a very castrated sort of um, vision of a demon or a castrated vision of a god um, who has no ability to change themselves. You know, they're castrated in that sense. But there's a there's a um, neurological adventure that we're being called to go on for those of us who are annihilating self and um, looking for that instantaneous moment when we land, you know, like our teach our feet touch down, if you will, in uh, the land of freedom, and it, it's sort of like um, Avengers when you have Thanos with uh, uh, Gamora, his, uh, we'll say, adopted daughter, right? Of course, there was Nebula as well, but clearly uh, Gamora was his favorite. And in order for him to receive the soul stone, he had to sacrifice what he loved. And he had to sacrifice his daughter, Gamora. You know, so achieving enlightenment, lightening yourself, becoming light, uh, will require a similar sort of fa- sacrifice. We we will have to give up the thing that we usually cling to 
so dearly. <laughs> that illusion, typically, that we cling to so dearly. And there's no halfway way to do it. You know? And it's not painless. Which is why so many people don't do it. You know? Um, and it's not hiding. Which makes it even more scary. You know, that, that usually that annihilation of that, that thing that needs to be removed or given up, which is us, it's not something that lies deep in the dark. It's not something that requires us to take a, a trip across the desert on camels and at a certain time of the year, you know, when the stars are in alignment and now we're able to um, eradicate or remove this, this particular germ from within us. It's something that we have access to all the time. You know, it's here. It's right now as you're listening. It's right in this space. And I know we bring our armor from our past into our present and our future to keep us from actually accessing ourselves. You know, we become frightened at the thought. But the truth is, like, our transcendence is at stake in every single moment of our lives. Every single moment, our transcendence is at stake. You know, so even in your dreams, your transcendence is at stake. You're still working when you're dreaming, whether, you know, or when you're awake, quote unquote, if you will. You know, those things that disrupt your sleep or disturb you, you know, uh, the things that allow you to sleep are the things that symbolically um, allow you or lull you into complacency. And of course, that complacency hinders you from actualizing your true potential because it keeps you discordant from your true self, you see, and we feast on these things. Oh, we feast on it. We're, we're, we're just big, fat slobs, so many of us, who run and run from development. We're just big, big fat sows. We have a steady diet of um, the armor and all the things that keep us away from development. Because anything with, that delays your annihilation of self becomes food for you. We feed on those things that delay our annihilation. And it's full of fat. <laughs> it's the fatty things. Oftentimes it will translate into our physical diet. You know, all things that are seen come from the unseen. And of course, it's a, it's a diet that is... um it's feeding an insatiable part of us because we are feeding on something that's maintaining an illusion. And whenever you have to maintain an illusion, you're going to use way more power and energy than you would in maintaining the truth. Maintaining a lie is, it's, it's a lot of work, you know, it's a lot of work. That That's why you can use a polygraph machine and you can show how the body um, the body chemistry, it, it changes. The body clock, it changes when someone is being dishonest because it takes them out of their, their natural and, and 
and basic stride trips them up, if you will, even if it seems to be unseen. You see, because we're afraid to go on that diet. And the diet is a starvation diet. And we're being called to starve to death. <laughs> you see, that's how you unravel. See, there are people who often say, well, chief, how do I, how do I, what do I do? And I'll say, I've been teaching you what to do for years. You don't really need to ask me that question. You're asking me that question because you don't want to do what you're supposed to do. If I, if you come to me with an issue and I say at the core, the problem is you and your fundamental and first cause thinking is the issue. So that's what needs to die. You'll say, well, how do I do that? What do I do? You don't know how to kill something? You know how to kill stuff. Don't feed it. Real easy, right? You go on a starvation diet. You see? Stop feeding on the fat of misery. Stop feeding on the fat of your own stupidity. Those are, those are, those are really fat, juicy meals. Misery and stupidity. They'll put a lot of meat on your bones. You see? You become like the uh, fattened calf who, who will soon be sacrificed. You see? Fat, fattening you up so that we can, you know, put the knife to your throat, let the blood drip out, gut you, and put you on a spigot to twirl around and around and around to eventually eat, eat you. And a lot of times within us, we, we praise and we bow down to what we consider to be those sacred fat cows and calves. You know, we become our own idol. Instead of surrendering to the misery and seeing what it truly is. You know? We keep acting surprised when horrible things happen. And we shouldn't be surprised. It's the same old thing that always happens. We keep trying to prove our story, which is an issue. And like I said, we're always trying to extend our past into the present, extend our past into the future, always trying to defend our stupidity, always trying to defend our misery because we don't want to wake up from the dream. So there's always all this defense of the I, this defense of the me, because like Second Timothy 3 and 2 says, we've become lovers of our own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. <laughs> that's like being lawless, you know, because we keep feeding a monster that's inside of us that's literally drinking our blood. And we will sacrifice everyone and everything to feed that monster, which is never fed enough. So now everyone and everything around us becomes food. That's, that's the vision that we have for our surroundings. If people treat us a certain way, it becomes food for the monster. We become weaker and weaker and weaker in who and what we are while the monster becomes stronger. You see? And oftentimes we'll prefer 
that insatiable monster of me to the creator who requires no food. We'll even look for religions where we can find other things to feed. Well, my ancestors need this. Hmm. My spirit guardians need this. Well, when are they going to stop needing it? Never. That should tell you something. Everyone and everything becomes food. Whether you do right or whether you do wrong, it's food. Whether you, you know, consent <laughs> or, or whether you object is food. You see, if you, if you have an opinion about something or you kind of um, fall into what authorities tell you, it becomes food. If you're surrounded by friends or, you know, you're all alone, it's food. And the truth is, like I said, something's always at stake. Your, your moment of transcendence is here and now. That, that, that ability or that opportunity to disallow me to become the great monster inside of you, keeping you from your freedom, the opportunity for you to remove yourself and lose that is, is right now. It's here. You know, so you don't have to repeat the same mistakes. Over and over and over and over and over and over again, because your pride is 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 um so raised up, and um you have this sense of superiority and this sense of newness and this sense of uniqueness, and you know um you have this sense of great choice. I could do this, do that, but but inside you still have a sense of helplessness with all of those things. You see, because inside of you, there's a feeding, feeding frenzy that's going on. Mm. So a lot of it begins with, you know, when you start seeing that monster or feeling that monster calling for something, telling it to stop. Taking a moment. You see, a lot of times it starts with the way we speak, certain ways we talk where we're, we're pulling energy into the eye. And just say, stop. Take a moment. Take a breath. You see? Because when we're allowing that feeding to happen without um, any sort of regulation from us, that's your proof that you're actually asleep. Right? It's like, it's like a dream. <laughs> how, how do you wake from a dream? There's a moment where you have to say, stop. Or you shout out, you shake yourself, you, you know, you do something that's jarring. But if you don't, and then you're just observing, and you're observing this experience that you're going through, then you have to recognize, okay, well, I'm dreaming, so I'm just going to go with it. But if you actually are awake, then you have power to divert these phrases of um, desolation and these ideas of desolation. And these, this pattern machine, if you will, that kind of you tend to use over and over and over again. And you, you hold on to it, you know, these different thoughts and phrases that become crippling. And when they, they rear their head, just say stop and then be silent, which I know is difficult for so many to stop and think. People always think they, they think they know everything. So they have to have an answer all the time. 
But if you truly know who, who and what you are, you can say silently, wake up. You see? That's the ability that you have. And this is something that you have to practice every day. You know, there's no, there's no finality when it comes to our work. Uh, sometimes that's a, that's a tough one because chaos is always around us. Chaos is always present. And, you know, sometimes we fall into the pettiness of academic stupidity where we think we go through a certain process and then we're done. We go through certain phases, various phases or something. And we look at the, we consider the interaction of certain effects of what we've done. And we look at our strengths and our weaknesses to those different phases and maybe even a few experiments and then we're done. Without realizing energy doesn't work like that. It, it charges, it discharges, it charges, it discharges. That's how energy ebbs and flows. It's a cycle of tension. You know, the charge, discharge, relax, charge, discharge, relax, charge, discharge, relax. We have functions in our own biology that work the same exact way. So everything has this ability to complete a cycle. And we can label that completion as success, but it does restart again. You know, it's actually really sort of a failure when we go through a cycle and we haven't experienced the happiness or joy that those different formulas may hold of charge, discharge, relax. You see, there's no, there should be no delusion, I would hope, and you know, imagining that our process is painless. It's not. Because like I said, to really truly improve yourself or go through self-development and self-actualization, you have to get rid of yourself. <laughs> you know, and that, that requires a perspective which allows you to alter your current point of view. You see, so you kind of remove yourself or in the theory of mine and me and my, you know, you, you go into a different sort of um, mental laboratory, if you will, you know, where there's a different kind of medicine. You become a different sort of scientist and it's important that you abandon preconceived ideas and thoughts and beliefs when you enter into that portal, you know, and that's going to be your uncertainties and your doubts and your anxieties and different prejudgments that you may have that will prevent you from experiencing that joy and, you know, what freedom, freedom is when you're moving in your highest aspirations. You see, some of us live in a nightmare every day. And life is only real when you can say I am and I am is constantly unfolding into something else. You know, we're within that dream. And you can be in a dream or you could be in a nightmare. You know, you kind of have that choice. And um, some of us, we fall into the robotic sort of way of being. And we don't cultivate or develop the free will of the soul through work. Work is critical. You know, yet there is a moment where we do without doing, but um, 
even even that experience is something that's experienced every day. It, and and I know it's a challenge. I know. You know, but just consider there's no greatness that comes without uh daily work. You know, you think of some of the 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 great amazing and expansive minds who have been able to quote unquote conquer death, you know, um through their constant growing of higher thought. They worked that every day. And they didn't just fall into the laziness of words based around karma or re- reincarnation, you know, which becomes a trap of just filling yourself with a sense of impermanence. So I really don't need to do anything because, you know, I'll never truly emerge as, as a hero because um, I'll just keep doing it over and doing it over and doing it over and it doesn't really matter. You know, which is just a maladaptive fallacy, you know. And it's it's based on that assumption that um your inherent flaws are not meant to be purged and reflect and, and perfected out. You just always be no good. <laughs> you know, can't can't do right. And I'm going live and die as can't do right. Hmm. So yeah, that's what I wanted to share. Some of us are so fat and we're eating this this really fattening energetic diet. It's got to stop. Yeah, it's really got to stop. And I'm telling you how to stop it. <laughs> You have to remove self. And of course, there's, there's, you know, you could always go deeper. That's the beauty of, of things. There's a, there's a isness sometimes that we get locked into, but the isness sometimes neurologi- neurologically will address the senses inside of our brains, but there's also space-time events that we don't take into consideration with what is and where what what is came from. You know, there's a labor that went into what is. You know, and the ego will have you just stay asleep, (laughs) if you will. But you can't be afraid of um, attacks on your ego. You know, it's necessary. Those delusions have to be undermined. And if they're not attacked openly and bluntly, then you kind of, you stay into that cycle of sleep where you never experience enlightenment or liberation or finding true will, if you will. You know, you, you stay more the computer and less the programmer of the computer. Your ego is resourceful and it reincarnates. And so you don't really need to feel like, oh, well, if I kill this part of me, then what? Don't worry. It it will come back. (laughs) It always comes back. You don't kill your ego and like, oh, I'm good. You know, sometimes people ask me questions like that. So is your ego going? No. 
I manage it. It's it's a daily thing. It's not that I've had some great meditation one day and now I can infinitely go into into my life awake, awakened and never have to worry about this uh, thing coming back. It doesn't work like that. The ego is part of your primal being. You as a primate, and it goes on forever. You know? It goes on forever. And there are games that it plays, and it becomes more subtle. So we, we learn our own games of ego, you know, transcendentalism. So we can get beyond it. But it always will come back. Every single time. So never, it's like it's like a game, you know, like you're playing a role player game and, you know, you shoot a character or something. You don't you don't weep over it because, you know, it'd be back. That's how the ego is. But we have to learn to um, enjoy our evolutionary changes and go on these star starvation diets that we're so afraid of. Because we're afraid this thing, this me, this I that I'm going to kill, we'll never see it again. Comes back, just comes back weaker. And then eventually, the true will and the free self comes forward and becomes so much stronger. And that begins to lead the way and you become the programmer of the reality. Instead of being the grid of the matrix or a program that's inside of the, the matrix, you become the programmer of the programmer. Programmer of the program. All right, so this is Chief Yuan. Just want to do a short podcast today. Like I said, it's a little, little different vibe, if you will. And willfully, um, it fed you. I know last time I spoke about school damage and put some strong charges in front of you parents, which, you know, I know it's difficult, some of it to achieve. It's not so easy just to say, okay, I'm a homeschool my child or I'm going to, I'm going to get with a homeschool collective or put them into private school. I know it's difficult. You know, but um, sometimes we need that electroshock therapy to at least provide a, um, a path to show you what's in front of you. Hey, this is, you may not be able to do it now, maybe not even next year, maybe not even for the next five years, but this is, this may be a direction you may want to consider based upon uh, these facts listed. You see, so some of us are school damaged in that sense, and some of us are afraid to annihilate me. And we're afraid to do it every day and work on it every day. We're worried too much. If, if I let, you know, we don't realize that the, the ego is primate. <laughs> you know, it sits, it's, it's that rude, insulting uh, little monster that sits inside of us that's constantly assaulting the enlightened being that's seeking to come forward. You see? And these are things we have to do every day. You know, you look at like musicians and composers like Otto von Kepler. He loved the, the, the work of Mozart. He loved the work of Beethoven. And he studied it, studied them like constantly, incessantly, almost if you will. You know, that's where you get the, the idiot savants, you know, or, or someone like um, Chopin, you know, who kept playing that piano constantly every single day to become the great Chopin. <laughs> like, you know, who he actually is. You know, you have to you have to put that work in every day. You know, this has to be a part of your routines, rituals, meditations. 
You know, this is the work. All right, so I will that this gave you something of value that you can chomp down on, chew up a little bit, digest, and uh, there'll be no fat in it. But it flowed through your system in a way that it's supposed to. And um, you can go from consumption to digestion to proper elimination. I'll get into that maybe in our next sec- session. You know, our processes of eating metaphysically and what each stage really means and how they should go and transpire in us, right? All right, so with that, uh, thank you all for listening. This has been Chief Yuya, and be sure to follow all of the social media, out, you know, outlets, Chief Yuya Music and Chief Yuya and Anu Life Global or Anu Life GM, uh, Sadulu House, every, all of it. You know, you want the classes, you go to Sadulu House for that. The books are all on every um, literature outlet, right? You can always find the books there. And I know people have still been asking me about sessions and stuff. And just a reminder, again, sabbatical this year. So we'll not be doing uh, sessions this year. And when I come back in 2023, it's going to be more cons- consultation-based, uh, more coaching-based, rather than just giving you a reading. Um, that that error <laughs> has uh, pretty much, it's it's closing down. That door is closing down, as I've spoken about for years. So now we're we're on a different kind of of time, if you will. So just just a heads up for those who are waiting to get their New Year's reading and things like that. It will be a little def, a little different going forward. All right. Well, maybe a lot different, depending on what it is that you have been depending on. Um, yeah, the guidance has to come different because the world around us is moving a bit differently. Yeah, but I'm so thankful, so grateful for all of you who come through. Please make sure to leave a um, review on the podcast. You know, just take a moment, five seconds, 10 seconds, say something, put a five star, (laughs) you know, click over. I was in Walmart recently and I was in the self-checkout. I always go to self-checkout. An older gentleman walked up to me, said, oh, how was everything today? I was like, everything was cool. He was like, all right. And he reached over to the screen and clicked the survey button and hit five star. And I said, okay. I said, you just taking the five stars. He was like, well, you said everything was good. <laughs> I said, okay. It was funny to me. He said, well, you know, we like we need them because they kind of get on us. Our stores have to get a certain amount of reviews. And things. I was like, I get it. I, I totally understand. I said, it's just very bold of you <laughs> just to take over my, my survey like that. So, yeah, but yeah, they do mean, and it helps people to find um, this type of information. And the more people find it, the more things that we can do, the more ways we can stretch out and branch out and um, do more interesting things with the information and come together more as a community, which, you know, is is important to me and that we share in, in this hard work. And it just doesn't become drudgery, if you will, but we're able to do this with a level of joy and, and and while inspiring each other, you know, and being able to admit the truths to each other, you know, about what the work means and things like that. All right. So this is Chief Yuya signing out. Everyone be well, be safe, be peaceful.